When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nothing personal, word of the day. It's Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. And the word of the day is, you're it. Like, tag, you're it. Damn NFL. They do it every time. People in Major League Baseball have to be despondent. The World Baseball Classic started last night, and no one cares that Netherlands beat Cuba. No one else is staying up till 2 in the morning because they're all focused on this franchise tag thing, which years ago was nothing. And now it is a major day on the calendar. Will a player be tagged? Who will tag a player? Very exciting negotiations by the players union as part of the collective bargaining agreement with owners. The concept of the ability to tag a player. Two tags, non-exclusive, exclusive. What the hell does any of it mean? A non-exclusive tag means that you can tag that guy. He's not going to get paid a lot. It's by position. It's by a percentage of the amount of money that a players make at that position. Blah, blah, blah. It's just fewer dollars than an exclusive tag. Exclusive tag, you're playing on that team. No ifs, ands, or snaps. A non-exclusive tag, you're free to roam the country. Find another deal. Become a restricted free agent. Everyone is waiting for Lamar Jackson. What's going to happen? This Lamar Jackson situation has been going on. I'm trying to think for how long. I'm going to say since he was MVP of the league in his second year, after which the Ravens were asked about signing him and they're working on it. Then there was Lamar Jackson deciding not to have an agent doing it by himself, which, by the way, he's not going through his contracts by himself. Coca, just give me one minute on this. When players say they don't have agents, that doesn't mean that they don't have lawyers. What it means is they'd rather pay a lawyer hourly than an agent a percentage of the total value of the deal. Lawyers charge way under what agents charge. In theory, what agents are supposed to do, and I say this in theory, they're supposed to drum up interest, figure out who's wants to sign you, who wants to have you on their team or in their company. If you're doing all that work yourself because of your talent or because there's only 32 total options and you can just as easily wait for the phone to ring because it's not like 
Lamar Jackson needs to make outgoing phone calls. Well, maybe he does now, but he doesn't need to be making outgoing phone calls. Agents are for players where you're trying to negotiate the best deal on a team that didn't realize how badly they wanted you. And then once they have you, they're all excited to have you and you make them better. When you're one of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League, I don't disagree about having lawyers instead of agents, but stop with the narrative that Lamar Jackson is on his own, like he's drafting contractual provisions. Trust me, he's way smarter than that. What do you think? He's actually negotiating endorsement deals on his own? Come on. So the Ravens have an MVP quarterback, bunch of fans, good team, good organization, feel good about themselves can't get a deal done, and I get that. There are two schools of thought about signing players when they're very young or picking up options when they're very young. The schools of thought are, is it possible that signing a player at his height is a mistake? Now stay with me for one second. We all criticize executives, owners, presidents, When a player has a good year and that player is not offered a long-term deal, an extension, some sort of contract, in your own life, is that your plan? Wait for all the good stuff to have already happened and then pay? In business, that is buying high. It doesn't work out the overwhelming majority of the time. So the Ravens don't get him signed. Then he's got some injured years. He's missed five games each in the last two years. Ravens missed the playoffs two years ago. Last season, they made the playoffs, but he wasn't the quarterback. Everyone going crazy because he's tagged and not extended by the Ravens. But if you had been paying attention to nothing personal, as far back as August of this year, you would have had an understanding of exactly what was gonna happen today. We mapped it out for you, and yet everyone is surprised. So we don't do this often because it's like taking a victory lap when we don't take a victory lap every time we could. But in this case, I'd like you to listen to what we said in August of 2022. Is it possible that Lamar Jackson has said he wants more guarantee than Deshaun Watson? Very possible. If that's the case, then there will be no deal before September 11th when the Ravens play the Jets. And the reason there will not be a deal is not one NFL owner is going to give a player more money than the Browns gave Deshaun Watson. Not one. I don't care who the player is. And frankly, Lamar Jackson may be the player who's better than Watson, but they will not give him more than Watson. Now, why did I say that? Not because of collusion. I said it because when a player is signed the way Deshaun Watson was signed, and all owners have the same reaction, which is A, why him? And I'm not talking about James Franco or Brian Cranston, but B, 230 guaranteed, it's not collusion when everyone decides to be smart. Collusion is when there is an active conversation that takes place or an active doctrine 
or treatise, which indicates that all owners in a position of power will act in a way to the detriment of the consumer or to the detriment of the employee. If you put an artificial ceiling on payroll or on a player's money, or if you put an artificial ceiling on what you will charge a product and McDonald's and Burger can get together and say, we will never charge under $6.50 for a single hamburger. Collusion is meant as protection. It is not a guardrail against stupidity. The reason why I am okay with what the Panthers, the Commanders, the Dolphins, the Falcons, and every other team who needs a quarterback, we can talk about the Dolphins a minute, in theory, they don't need a quarterback. The reason I'm okay with them leaking out that they're not interested in Lamar Jackson is what they're really doing is leaving out the last part of that sentence. I'm not interested in getting anywhere close to or topping the $230 million to Deshaun Watson. If Lamar Jackson is willing to sign a Daniel Jones contract, for example, then all of a sudden there would be plenty of interest from every team. Do you think that he will sign an offer sheet with a team for $160 million over four years with 82 million guaranteed? Do you think there's remotely a possibility that he has been unwilling, Lamar Jackson, unwilling to take below 230 and now that he's been non-exclusively tagged, he's gonna change his mind and take less? That would be epic. Let's talk about the mentality of where Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson is sticking to his principles. He believes he's valued above Deshaun Watson or equal to Deshaun Watson. He is very aware, agent or not, that no owner was going to do it. He was very aware that the Ravens were gonna non-exclusive tag him. He was very aware that he would have the ability to go get offer sheets and that his ability to get offer sheets was going to be absolutely zero because he was also aware that he was not gonna lower his demands. So now what? The only thing Lamar Jackson is betting on that there will be free agent quarterbacks in an ideal world, white free agent quarterbacks who signed for above $230 million. Because you wanna talk about furthering a narrative, that can further a narrative. If Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, if they wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden they've been extended and there are 231, 232 in guarantee, all of a sudden the world will crumble down around the NFL owners and there will be talks not just of collusion, but racism, discrimination, et cetera. Here's a prediction. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert will not sign for anywhere near the 230 million guaranteed. Don't at me by telling me that they could sign for more than 230 because yes, they can, I don't care. That's like saying to me that Daniel Jones is getting more than $82 million. No, he's not. I talk in guarantees only. When Patrick Mahomes signed his deal for $669 million, we didn't talk about it in those terms. Remember that deal? That's He had to win the Super Bowl MVP. He had to win the league MVP. 
well, he did that last year, but he's got to do that every year of the deal to get the maximum amount that that deal could be worth. Talk to me about guarantees. Those quarterbacks will not get guarantees up to Watson because you have no idea the depth of anger that the owners still feel about the Watson deal. It hasn't changed. It hasn't lessened. The existence of Lamar Jackson on the free agent market is not going to change it, nor is Lamar Jackson going to change his demands because he's now on the free agent market. A little secret for you, Lamar Jackson's been on the free agent market for the last year. You think that he's talking to other teams or other teams are contacting him or talking to him about the possibility of bringing him in for the first time post tag day? It's absurd. Of course not. You think the commanders don't realize that Lamar Jackson would be a better quarterback for them than whoever they have, Tyler Barnicky? Of course they do. You think the Miami Dolphins aren't interested in listening to the possibility of having Lamar Jackson instead of Tua? Of course they are. Every team with very few exceptions would want Lamar Jackson as their quarterback. Lamar Jackson knows this. There are ways to communicate with the player to talk about and figure out what kind of offer you will be getting should there be a non-exclusive tag, which of course there was going to be. Do you think the Ravens would have given him a non-exclusive tag if they actually thought that there was another team that was going to give Lamar Jackson what he wanted? The Ravens are aware that they're going to offer Lamar Jackson more in a contract and negotiation in an extension than any other team would be willing to offer. And that's not collusion. That's doing your homework. That's using the media. That's using scouts and people in development below your level as GM and president. There is back channeling and talking between organizations all the time. What are you thinking? You like them? Which direction? What are you doing with your cap? These conversations are happening. Ah, you're right. People who work in the cap departments of teams, they don't talk to one another, for sure. And none of them talk to the National Football League and try to figure out what's going on and what's the best way to act. You're right, none of that ever happens. Come on, wake up and smell the coffee. But that doesn't make a collusion. I actually said to you two days ago that Lamar Jackson had an agent and that was wrong. By the way, I wanna make sure I make that correction. Lamar Jackson does not have an agent, but as I told you, he does have a lawyer. So let's address in one more bit of depth, everything that you're reading about this morning, everything you're gonna hear about in all of your talk shows and your other podcasts. You're gonna have people who have not been in the game, people who are not lawyers, people who have not been on the inside of front offices, yell and scream and tweet. It's very strange. That's their code word for collusion. I'm not sure what's happening, but it doesn't smell right. They'll use that a little bit. That's a good one too. They will have absolute outrage, selective outrage over Lamar Jackson not having interest from these teams. When teams say that they're not interested in a player, they're not doing it in order to quash the market for that player. They're doing it to make it very clear 
that they're not interested in that player at the amount of money that that player or that player's agent has made clear is required to get the player. That's not collusion. Players can ask for whatever they want to ask and teams have the right to say no. Why would I stand up and talk about what free agents I was and was not interested in? Because I thought that agents were lying about what they had from other teams. And I thought that agents were delusional about what they were gonna get and the value of their player. None of that is collusion. Not only does it not smell not right, God, that's too many negatives. Not only is it not a smell issue, this is standard operating procedure for teams. It doesn't mean every time you say you're not going after a player that that player is not better than someone you have on your team. Of course, that's not the case. Every year there are free agents signed that your team could have had to make you better, that is better than the person you have on your team at that particular position. Every day that happens. Every day you're offered a trade for a player who makes you better. But it's about what you're giving up, the value of what you're giving up, and the money. For Lamar Jackson to make clear what he has, what he wants, I have no issue with. For teams to make clear they're not going to give it to him, I have no issue with. What about agents? Do you think that any agents are getting involved in the Lamar Jackson leaking? I'd like you to ponder this. If you are an agent in the National Football League, you want to make sure Lamar Jackson gets screwed every step of the way. You are going to work your ass off to make sure that he leaves money on the table and ends up getting tagged on the non-exclusive side and having to sit out and waste a year and not get a penny. It'd be a dream. The reason agents do that is they don't want to become extinct. It's that simple. We all act out of self-interest. We will all put somebody or something down or some sort of technological improvement or some sort of problem in a market. We will all pretend that doesn't exist if the fixing of that problem takes away our business. I've said this before and I'm frustrated by this fact, but it's just true. You think pharmaceutical companies are interested in taking care of curing cancer? No. They'd love to make you feel better about dying, make you feel better, last a little longer, so you can be on insurance a little longer and take more drugs, but their goal is to give you drugs. That's it, because they're in business. Doesn't mean they want people to die of cancer, they are taking advantage of the fact that they do. Agents understand that the amount of money they get paid is disproportionate to the value they provide. They get it, but it's the system and they don't want to change it. And in order to not change it, you got to make sure that someone who tries to change it does not succeed. It's pretty simple. So you've got agents who don't want Lamar to succeed. You've got owners who don't want Lamar to succeed because the definition of success for Lamar is getting to 230. You've got the National Football League Commissioner's Office who wants to make sure that the Watson contract is a ceiling so Jackson doesn't get there. Hmm, who does that leave? Fans and media. 
And guess where fans and media are the totem pole of importance when it comes to the business of the NFL? You are ranked sixth and ninth, not in the top five. So we can all continue to rail about this and it's not gonna matter. I'll give you a wait to see. Wait to see is when I tell you something's gonna happen. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Not only is Lamar Jackson not leaving the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's not gonna get one offer sheet from one team, not one. There will be zero. And the reason is that Lamar Jackson has now dug himself into a corner where he won't take under Watson. But he should. What are my Giants doing? Tag day is something. You know, the NFL, damn it. It's just everyone's waiting for this exciting day and it happens and the Giants sign Daniel Jones for $160 million over four years, but they only guarantee 82 of it, so it's an $82 million two-year deal. People are upset, wondering, Daniel Jones can't be worth $40 million a year. How's that possible? And then, on the other hand, when players get paid, everyone on the media and, and on the fan side, good for him. Glad he got his money. Or if he doesn't get that, the owners are looked at as penurious. How could you not give that player his money? He can't win if you're in the front office. So the Daniel Jones signing everyone is saying is an overpay. Coca had a great point before the show. Thank God he's back, baby. Coca had a point before the show saying the Giants had an opportunity just to pick up his option and he would have been paid way less than the $40 million. The thing that Coca missed in this scenario is that back when you had to pick up the fifth year option on your rookie deal, the Giants viewed Daniel Jones the way we all view Daniel Jones. Hey, nice neck, but you're not a winning quarterback. You are not an elite quarterback. Daniel Jones had an interesting year, took the Giants to the playoffs. I think he had the same number of touchdowns as Russell Wilson. It's not like he was a superstar. He's not a Joe Burrow. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Patrick Mahomes. The entire salary structure for quarterbacks is going up, which by the way, will make the tags even more valuable in the quarterback position going forward. But the salaries are going up because wouldn't you rather have a great quarterback today than a great running back or a great wide receiver or a great defensive tackle? It's a quarterback driven league. It is a league where quarterbacks who are mobile, quarterbacks who can pass on a dime, quarterbacks who can play are getting paid. When you run a team, you cannot sign a player at a point in time when you believe that you've made a mistake and that player is not going to be best in class. And if you end up being wrong, you acknowledge the fact to your owner, we screwed that up, we're gonna have to overpay him now when we could have had him for less later. I must be the only one who's ever paid more for something now that I could have had a year ago. I guess none of you have ever done that. That's all that happened in the Daniel Jones situation. They were forced to pay more because they held on thinking if he doesn't have this kind of season and we don't have this kind of success, which no one thought they were gonna have, then we're gonna let him go or we'll non-exclusive tag him and maybe let Barkley go or sign Barkley to the long-term deal. Sometimes you have to let things 
play out. And that is completely okay and normal. It doesn't make the Giants stupid. It makes Daniel Jones lucky. That's all. The other team that's trying to get lucky is the New York Jets. We touched on it yesterday, and then it got confirmed that the Jets are meeting with Aaron Rodgers. Of course, they had to go to Aaron. I don't know why they didn't send a plane to Aaron and have Aaron come to them. It's trade. The Green Bay Packers have the right to trade Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. It's not like Aaron Rodgers. Wait a minute, Coca, I may be wrong. Does Aaron Rodgers have a no trade clause? I, do those exist in football? I don't even know the answer to that. Let's pretend that he doesn't have a no trade clause. He can be traded anywhere. But do you want to meet the player first to see if you like him? To see if he likes you? Think Woody Johnson walks into the meeting, brings in Robert Sala? He doesn't have a no trade clause. Thank you, Coca. Think they walk into the meeting in California and say, hey, Aaron, we just want to tell you we really love you, New York, and we're going to show you all these great neighborhoods in the suburbs and these great apartments in the city. And look at our offensive schemes. They're meant to help you. It's a bunch of horse hockey. You want to trade for a player? Trade for a player. Why would the Packers give permission to Aaron Rodgers to meet with the Jets? Why? Give me one good reason. Respect? Aretha Franklin, you think Aaron Rodgers is showing you one ounce of respect the way he's acted these past two off seasons or the way he is in your clubhouse? What is he, a five-time Super Bowl winning champion? What exactly has Aaron Rodgers done for the Packers where people are genuflecting in his general direction and everyone's getting on a plane to meet with him and the Packers are giving permission? Whatever you want, Aaron, screw that. We're going to tell you what we want. And if we're angry enough and bitter enough, we'll take the $40 million in dead cap space and jettison your butt. You're gonna hold me up and tell me whether or not you're gonna retire, not retire. We know you're not retiring and so do the Packers. Stop with the writing of articles or the talking in chat rooms about, hey, Aaron may just retire. No, you don't walk away from 60 million. I said it yesterday, I'll say it today. I'll say it every day. Aaron Rodgers is not walking away from 60 million. And if he announces his retirement, I was gonna say I'll do something crazy, but I do things crazy anyway. It's not happening. But I'll tell you what isn't also happening. Aaron Rodgers is not taking a snap for the Packers this year. You do not give a player permission to talk to another team and then have it not work out and have them come back and say, hey, will you take the first team reps, put on the red vest? You're not going to get touched during practice. We need you. We love you. We want you. No, it's done. When you give a player permission to speak to another team, you are saying goodbye to that player. Did the Packers hear from Aaron Rodgers that he was didn't want to play for them anymore? Or did the Packers say to Aaron Rodgers, we don't want you to play for us anymore or hold the clipboard, hold my microphone? Doesn't matter. Let's be consequentialists. What the hell goes on during those ridiculous meetings? I've had those ridiculous meetings, so I'll tell you. They're totally irrelevant. They're so the owner can look at, look at the team president and say, I like him. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's make him that offer. You don't learn anything about a player by meeting with them in the off season. Like, oh, they're gonna be good in the clubhouse. Oh, this is a stand-up guy. Oh, this guy's a POS. You don't make conclusions based on a meeting like this. It puts the perf in unctory. 
We'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. I just know he's not going to take any sort of snaps with the Packers. Football, NFL, let me just give them, giving them a standing ovation, taking over nothing personal, taking over every single talk show. They have made their sport a 12-month season, and all they do is add days. Whether it's Black Friday, where they can make an announcement two days ago that Amazon's going to show the Black Friday game free for everybody. You don't need to have Prime. All right, get that news out of the way. Now we got a franchise. Then we had the Combine. Now, Then we do the franchise tag. Then we're going to be ready for the draft. Golly. All right, Coco, when we come back, we're going to review the Chris Rock Netflix special because I got a few things to say about that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Apple. Not eating them. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. We just saw a commercial for Scream if you're watching this live on YouTube. Is that Scream 9? Or is it Scream, Scream, Coca? What Scream is that? I can't think of, I've never seen any of the Screams because I don't want to scream. If you're listening to this, then thank you. Don't forget to subscribe, stay with us. Stay with us. So I watched the Chris Rock special. Yes, I did. Did you on Netflix, the live event? That's the thing now because of programming. You have pre-shows, you have post-shows, you have panels to discuss the shows. Watching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the post-game show of the Chris Rock special, it put a little smile in my heart. That's a mixed metaphor. Chris Rock had a full year to figure out what he was going to say about Will Smith. Hasn't done anything publicly. But here's a little funny comedians behind the scenes. Do you think Chris Rock told all these jokes for the first time on Netflix Live on Sunday night or whatever night it was? What night was it, Coca? Whatever night I watched, I don't even know what day it is. Maybe it was Monday night, whatever. They go on the road into small comedy clubs, comedians do, and they practice their stuff. They see what works, what doesn't work. They take notes, they change it up, and they go to these little comedy clubs all around the country. Chris Rock went to like 150 shows talking about Will Smith and everything else. So don't say this was his first words on Will Smith. It wasn't. Testing out the different jokes. Chris Rock gets paid a ton of money. I never really understood the theory of being successful, getting on stage and then talking about how great it is that you make so much money. Does that make your audience jealous? Does it make you feel good? Maybe that's a Republican thing where you stand up there and show your largesse and you get votes of people who know they're never gonna get it but think they can. 
Maybe that's what Chris Rock was doing, talking about how he identifies as poor, even though he's rich, trying to make a joke about how people are identifying now. I thought that fell flat. Telling jokes about Meghan Markle, we've heard him. Yeah, she probably knew that the royal family was racist. Great. We're all waiting for him to talk about Will Smith. Chris Rock, what bothered me about is selective outrage. And I agree with the concept of selective outrage, which is if two people do the same thing, they should have the same consequences. However, all circumstances are different, period. But what bothered me is that I used to love Chris Rock. He was absolutely hysterical when he was younger. And what he did now it was corporate. Now say what you want about the amount of times he said the N-word, say what you want about the fact that his jokes weren't funny or the Will Smith situation fell flat or he messed up because it was live. Say what you want about all of that. I felt that he is a was a victim of his circumstance and success. And that manifested itself through jokes that just did not have me laughing. Sometimes they had me squirming. Netflix is onto something though. Plenty of people are watching this. Plenty of people realize that you don't have to have live sports. It can be live something. That concerns me as a person in the sports business. Wait a minute. Cut that, Coca. This is way better. Ready? Three, six, nine. I am no longer concerned that live sports is not the greatest available content around. I love the fact that any sort of live content is what these platforms are looking for. The fact that comedy was live on Netflix makes a whole lot of sense. The thing about live and the reason people love it is there's something at stake. Now you can have a two second delay if it's a network show because you have to press the button or you can have a streaming service where you can say any words you want and you can say it 25 times and it's live, there's no beeps and there's no nothing. I'm in, it's like walking a tight wire without a net. But overall, Chris Rock's selective outrage, I was partially outraged at how unfunny I thought it was. Okay, should you watch it? Someone just whispered that in my ear. Should people watch Chris Rock's Selective Outrage? Yes, because I'm of the view that when something's being talked about, you might as well spend the hour and 20 minutes. It's not as though I wouldn't watch all the pre-show, forget the post-show, David Spade and Dana Carvey were hosting a post-show. I did not find it interesting, funny, informative, or anything. I found it to be a waste. So skip the pre-show, skip the post-show, and go right to Chris Rock. He plays for probably an hour and 10 minutes, and then you can decide for yourself what you think. We have spent so much time talking about streaming. We do it with John Skipper over on Metal Arc for a sports business podcast. We talk about the regional sports networks, how they're going to crap, bankrupt. We talk about the Apple, Netflix, Amazon, all these new bidders for all sorts of content. We talked about Major League Soccer choosing through their commissioner, Don Garber, to cut a deal with Apple to have the entire season streaming, which is available now. You can do it right now. News came out yesterday that it turns out that Apple 
has an opt-out clause with Major League Soccer. And the opt-out clause is triggered if Apple does not get enough people signing up for its service, the the Major League Soccer service. Why do these opt-outs occur? When you are a player and you are negotiating a contract, you have an opt-out only because of upside. When you are a team and you ask for a team option, which is the same thing as an opt-out, get it, opt, option, I have the ability to opt to keep going or opt to stop. If you are negotiating something and there is something called a mutual opt-out clause, that's the same thing as those years not counting on your contract. If you have a five-year deal with someone and the last two years are both mutual options, that means your deal is only a three-year deal. And the reason it's only a three-year deal is what world can you think of where mutual options are ever picked up. A mutual option means that both sides agree that the value of that deal is correct, fair, and needn't be changed. I have yet to be in one business deal where both sides go home at night and say, hmm, that was right. And then a month later, they look at the deal again and say, yeah, perfect. And then two years later, they look at the deal and say, hell yeah, we nailed this one. No, one side is always pissed off because they got the short end of the deal. One side always says, I'm not getting paid enough or I'm paying too much. That is normal. So an opt-out clause by a player is used when that player can go get more money from another team. And if they can't, they don't opt out. A mutual, a team option is exercised when the value of the player at the term of the option is greater than the term of the option. What could be easier math than that? If you have an option to bring a player back at 20 million and that player is worth 30 million, you bring back the player at 20 million. If you have the option to bring back a player at 20 million and that player is worth $10 million, you decline the option. What agents do in order to make it more difficult for teams not to pick up team options is they structure the contract so there's something called a buyout. A buyout is when a team says to a player, I don't want to pick up your option. And in order to let you go, I'll give you blank amount of money. So let's do easy math. If there's a team option for 20 million, but a buyout of 10 million, what does that mean? That means that to get rid of the player, to opt out of the contract, to not pick up the team option, you are paying out $10 million. If you take the player back, you are paying out $20 million because that's the amount of his option. Therefore, you have to decide is the value of having the player $10 million 
not the 20 of his contract, but the 10, which is the difference between the buyout and the amount of the option. And players want their buyout numbers to be as high as possible because then the difference becomes smaller and there is a more highly incentivized front office to pick up the option. So when players sign till they're 41 or 40, you see team options at numbers that are higher. When you sign a young player who's gonna have a contract expire at 24 years old or 28 years old, very often team options with buyouts are very small. The buyout's like a million dollars because that is not gonna be a huge factor because the player will always be worth more than the buyout. It's just a matter of whether or not the player is worth the amount of the team option. So those are the mechanics of options, but it also works in business. When two companies are doing a deal, in this case, Apple and Major League Soccer, Apple is doing something with MLS. They are putting a large number per year on the board for MLS to take into revenue in order to get the streaming rights, the national streaming rights. Apple wanted an opt-out clause because there is a chance that Major League Soccer will not become one of the four major sports. There's a chance that Major League Soccer will not lead to huge amounts of purchases of this package on Apple TV Plus or generate any sort of additional revenue for Apple TV Plus. This is an unknown factor right now. So when there's an unknown factor, the key, of course, is to protect yourself. It's not just college guys who are doing it. It is big time business people. You've got to protect yourself. On the other hand, what kind of leverage did Major League Soccer have? You don't want to give an opt-out clause when you are selling your product at a number that you believe is both fair, if not high because you're worried the secret will get out of the bag. And if the secret gets out of the bag, guess what happens? You're screwed. Is it possible that Apple will opt out of its contract with Major League Soccer? You're damn right it is. If that happens, it's not because other companies are lining up to pay more than what Apple's paying, it's because nobody's gonna line up to pay even less than what Apple's paying. So there could be a negotiation coming and that is what opt-out clauses really are. That is what opt-outs and contracts are. Think about Manny Machado in baseball. He got a brand new deal from the Padres only because he had an opt-out. It leads to a negotiation. That's what will happen with Apple and MLS. I promise you. Nothing personal pick of the day. How do we do on that, Coca? We had the Magic plus seven and a half for yesterday's show, and all of a sudden Giannis and Holiday aren't playing, and the line goes to Bucks minus two. So I got the Magic plus seven and a half instead of the Magic plus two. Finally, one of them went in my direction. Finally, the Bucks crushed them. Bucks won by 11, we're 30 and 34. I keep forgetting that when the superstars don't play, that gives an opportunity for the non-superstars to actually shoot the ball. And the truth is that to be on a National Basketball Association team or any team, you're still the best in the world. So of course these guys can play. The bench players on the Bucks are better than the Magic team. How would I not have realized that? 
because I got sucked into thinking the Magic could actually compete with the Bucks. And what the Magic have shown is they're good enough to compete with the middle of the road, not with the top of the industry. Tonight, we have a big, big game in the NBA, and I'm excited to watch it, even though I'm probably going to watch WBC. Netherlands, baby. That was last night. Kevin Durant is coming home. It's not really coming home because where is Kevin Durant's home? Is it Seattle? Is it Oklahoma City? I don't know. Is it Brooklyn? Kevin Durant is going to Phoenix for the first game in Phoenix. Phoenix is giving 12 and a half points to Oklahoma City. And I think we're going to take Phoenix. The combination of Booker and Durant is better than SGA or anybody else that the Thunder have. Coca, did I get that right? I was trying to sound so cool just then. Please tell me. I can't hear you right now, but if you could just tell me, is that who is on the Thunder? Is that his name? That would have been so cool because then you can, for the audio side of this, if you wanted, you could just put on the show. No, you don't want to do it. Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. Phoenix, 12 and a half over Oklahoma City. All right, before we go, I want you to think about something, and I want to just go back to Major League Soccer. And I want to take two minutes, if you don't mind, to talk about something that's happening with Lionel Messi. Messi, the most famous athlete in the world, maybe behind Ronaldo, but maybe above Ronaldo, in the world. Look at Instagram followers, look at social media. You can talk about anything you want. These football players are the number one across continents. Don Garber of Major League Soccer is trying so hard. They're trying so hard to get Messi into Major League Soccer. Does it not remind you when they tried to get David Beckham to play for the Galaxy? And way back in 07, when they got David Beckham to actually come, which was the biggest coup for a league that 16 years ago was fledgling. And they made a deal with David Beckham that enabled him to become an owner after his playing career, which he now is of Inter-Miami. There are people talking about Don Garber making the same type of move for Lionel Messi. Let me just help you before we end today. Messi will not get a deal anything remotely related or close to what David Beckham got. David Beckham got the ability to own a team at a discount. That was what they had to give Beckham to get him to come. He was allowed to buy a team at a valuation of $25 million. That sort of benefit that Beckham got is something that every other MLS owner at the time was absolutely despondent about. And now with MLS teams being worth what they're worth, there is not one owner in MLS who will support Messi coming to this league in return for him getting the ability to buy a team at a below par number. It's not GTH. It's not going to happen. So people can stand up in Miami or anywhere they are in the world and talk about Messi and what MLS is willing to do, what Don Garber is willing to do. Do it all you want. It's going to be cash-related, not ownership-related. I promise. Because with what owners are paying now for expansion fees, what they are paying in stadium costs and operations... MLS has become like nothing personal. It's just business. See you tomorrow. This is nothing personal. 
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.